what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff. And today, I have a special guest with us. I have serial entrepreneur, founder of DC Podfest, and enterprise account executive with Podbean, Jennifer Crawford. How are you doing? I am doing great. Good. I'm so glad to have you on. I've been really looking forward to this. And I was thinking about it earlier. It's like I'm I'm returning the favor. <laughs> time. So uh, for those of you that don't know, I was I was previously a guest on uh, Smart. Oh, gosh. Smarter Podcasting. Podcasting Smarter. Podcasting Smarter. <laughs> You're I'm so, so <laughs> close. You're so close. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, but I was I was a guest on there. And I was, that was a that was a fun time. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, you and I had a great conversation. So I just thought it made much sense to have you on the same show. So now you're on in my uh, playing field <laughs> uh, with the same show. So I want to go ahead and really quick before we get we jump into things, I want to you know take a moment to acknowledge our listeners, uh, listeners in 23 countries. And every time I think about that, it 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 excites me. And and again, just knowing that you know we're providing content that people all around the world can relate to on some level. So shout out to all of our listeners in all 23 countries that are listening. And even those countries uh, that may not be showing up on the listener map, you know, shout out to you guys as well and continuing to you know follow the same show and support the same show. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the same underscore show. That's same S A N E underscore show. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, you can follow us, at the same show again that's the same show be sure to send us a message if you've got any questions want to learn more about our guests and anything else you want to know about the same show be sure to catch us on those social media pages and we'll definitely respond with any questions that you might have today we're going to be talking about podcasting streaming war with television movies film gaming and and podcasting obviously and then following those two topics will be Going into the interview, let the listeners learn a little bit more about you, Jennifer, and and all the good things that you have going on. I'm excited. So let's go ahead and hop into it with podcasting. Okay. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot going on right now. And every day I'm seeing something in the news about podcasting. And I'm I'm learning more about podcasting myself. I remember I told you before I got into uh, being a podcaster, you know, I didn't even listen to podcasts. Honestly, I had a friend that tried to get me into podcasts, but I really didn't start listening to podcasts until I started the same show and learning more and more and still continuing to learn a lot about podcasts. And one of the things that uh, blows my mind is the fact there's hundreds of thousands, and I'm I'm sure it's probably close to a million, if not already there, as far as the the amount of podcasts that are out there, and you know, it's virtually no barriers to entry. CBS is calling this the golden age of podcasts. And, you know, there's a, basically a podcast about any and everything. Uh, so what's your take on it, especially, you know, being with pod? What what's your outlook when it comes to the podcasting world? Well, it's, you know, podcasting is a whole new world. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. around a little while now, but I still think 
in the scheme of things, it's in its infancy, or maybe it's in toddlerhood now. It's out of infancy. I think it's all really exciting. You're right. There's so much going on in the Podbean, uh, well, podcasting. I shouldn't say Podbean, Podbean too, but in the podcast uh, ecosystem, there's mm-hmm. money that's being flooded into the industry. There are new services popping up to you know, serve the industry. There are more and more podcasts being developed every day. And you're right there. The the barrier to entry is relatively low. Uh, but I think that's a bit conceiving only because, you know, sometimes it's it's easy to get through the gate, but it's but it's hard to get down the road. Right. So I think what happens a lot of times, podcasters go into it enthusiastic with the best of intentions of having Mm -hmm. a long running program. But what they don't realize is that it's it's a tremendous commitment of time and energy and focus. And if and it's also a long game, you don't produce your unless you're famous, you don't put your first episode (laughs) out there and you know, have thousands of listeners. I mean, you're lucky if you get a handful that first, that first episode. So I think it's one of those things that a lot of people start and, and drop out. So even though I think we'll see, you'll see the, that big number of hundreds of thousands, you're right. I think it's, it's approaching a million. I'm not sure I should Google that statistic, but, um, (laughs) but I'm not really good at multitasking, so I'm not going to do it right now. (laughs) But of, of those, I think you'd be surprised at the percentage of podcasts that aren't active yet. Their feeds are still on Apple podcasts are still out there. Um, but they're not actually producing episodes currently. So it's sort of a, it's sort of a mix, right? It's, it's, it's easy to get into. It's hard to stay. Yes, I I definitely agree. You know, it's so funny. I can say I've probably had about five friends of mine approach me about starting a podcast since I started the same show. And it's like everybody wants to do it. It's the it's the new thing now. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I think about the music industry and how a lot of people like when those barriers to be able to make music, because a lot of people use like the apps on their phones to to make music, which is great. But when those barriers of entry started being broken down by, uh, you know, just the the changes and, you know, everything going digital and the availability of certain technologies to allow people to uh, be a recording artist in their own, in the comfort of their own home, everybody or a lot of people wanted to get into music. And, to me, it feels like it's the same thing with podcasting now. You know, so if people aren't getting into music, they're getting into podcasting. And, and like you said, it's, it's one of those things where you got to be in it for the long haul because it's it's not a quick overnight thing. But I think, at the great, I think the great thing about it is that with podcasting, and not to say that you don't get this with music, but with podcasting, I think there's a little bit more room to be more creative Especially, you know, seeing a, a lot of these uh, niche podcasts that are out there. You know, there's a podcast about everything, literally. And there are a lot of successful podcasts about some of the most randomest of things. Oh, and- absolutely. Which makes it <laughs> makes it really cool. I mean, yeah. I've always thought of it as sort of the punk rock medium, you know, just mm-hmm. like no FCC regulations. You know, right. just get out there and do your thing. 
<laughs> and that opens up, as you can imagine, it opens up tremendous um, opportunities to put out terrific content, but it also opens the door for a lot of garbage. I mean, we can be, I think yeah. we can be honest about this, right? Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes, unfortunately, the garbage will often drown out or clutter um, the the ability, you know, it makes clutter. So it's harder to find the good stuff, mm -hmm. but I think that's all part of it. And a lot of the garbage actually ends up getting better because it's, it's like any other art form. And I do consider podcasting an art form. Uh, the, the more you do it, the better you get at it. So right. I think if you have a great premise and you keep working on your content and you're constantly improving upon it, whether it's your sound quality, your content, your guests, whatever it is, if you constantly improve all the elements of your show, even if you start out as garbage, you're not going to end as garbage. So really, exactly. it, it really is about, you know, staying with it, that staying power means everything. Mm -hmm. it, that's, that's very true. It's very true. And, and, and you know, I'm glad you said that podcasting is an art form. I, I think it's very unique. And honestly, when I think, because everything that I do, especially in the entertainment business, I always think back to what skills I have developed during my time doing certain things. So from, you know, when I promoted shows to when I booked artists and, you know, writing uh, sponsorship packages and now thinking about what I'm doing as a podcaster, you know, directing a show, producing the content, writing, and now, you know, production, like just all of that stuff. Like there's so much that... Because it's, like, it's a lot of work, and like you said, you have to focus. There's so many days where I'm sitting here, and I, I have people lined up to come on a show, and I'm just sitting here like, what are we going to talk about? Because, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about the same show, you know, show about nothing and everything, like, we can talk about everything, any and everything under the sun. But, of course, there's there's certain things that you want to talk about that, that might be a, a, attention-grabbing, and then there's also those things that, you may talk about, but it may not be as appealing to the listener, even though it's, it is a completely random. You, you understand where I'm going with that? Yeah, so absolutely. I, <laughs> so I think that that that's what makes uh, podcasting uh, unique. And, you know, also, again, being a podcaster, you know, developing all of these these great skills, because I just think about what what opportunities that I could open myself up to doing other things, having a podcast myself. So I just think that, you know, podcasting is a, is a great medium and, and definitely I'm, cause I'm all about, you know, resume building. I think it's a great <laughs> resume builder and something that people <laughs> tend to sleep on understandably. So, because even though the medium has been around for a while now, like it's still something, I guess when you, when you think about the masses, it's still something that seems very new to most people. Yeah. So. And it, it probably, as a podcaster, you probably feel like, oh my gosh, I'm one of a sea of podcasters. How in the right. world can I stand out in the crowd? Why, yes. why should I do it? You know, because so many people are already doing it. But the fact is, a couple things here. Uh, the fact is, most people don't produce a podcast. Most, just like most people don't write a book. But there's a gazillion books in the world. But guess what? Mm -hmm. Most of us have not completed a novel in our lifetime. Most of us don't have that accomplishment. So I think anytime you you produce, you know, rather than consume, you put something out in the world that has your unique signature on it. I think that makes you stand out. 
you know, among others, you know, among others. I think that makes you stand out. I think it makes people take notice on a micro level and it will be a door opener for you because people don't, don't, might not state it this way, but people are impressed by people that do, you know, that do things, that make things, create things, put things out in the world. That is a resume builder. Absolutely. You know, it's a, I was thinking as you were talking about podcasting a, a little while ago, I was thinking about how the world has changed so much just in my lifetime. Cause I mm-hmm. remember, I remember before the internet, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I don't, re, I don't mind telling you that cause I love yeah. that I have, I, that I have both experiences, but we have now everybody is a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if they're not podcasting, they're broadcasting in some way on social media. They're Mm -hmm. putting things out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter Mm -hmm. and on LinkedIn. I mean, we're all broadcasting. You know, when I was growing up and even in my, you know, early adulthood, we didn't, you know, nobody was listening to us. And at least not in a, not in that sort of way. Like if we had something to say, we believed something, if we, you know, felt something strongly, we wanted to share something, it was a one-on-one experience, you know, right. it was, unless, unless you had like some sort of opportunity to speak to a crowd. And if you did, it wasn't being recorded and put out on social media because right. that was before social media even existed. So we all have sort of this unique opportunity to be heard and be seen. And I think people, you know, growing up today, they're so natural at it. I mean, how can I compete with with somebody who's grown up with the technology and grown up being <laughs> comfortable, like putting their voice out there? Like as an adult, I'm still feeling my way. Like, what is my voice? Like, how do, you know, how should I, you know, project myself and put myself out there? And am I, mm-hmm. am I filtering myself too much? Am I filtering myself? Am I filtering? Am I not filtering enough? You know, is right, my, right. what should I do with my filter? People that are much younger than me, they are just putting it all out there and being magnificent at it. So I guess that's, that's the only detriment to my age, I, I suppose, <laughs> as I wish I had, I had grown up being so much more comfortable putting myself out in the public stratosphere because I'm still sort of like shy about it. Like, you know, I, I don't, you know, I I put a lot of thought before I put something out in the public stratosphere, whether that's podcasting, putting something on my Facebook page. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's all something that I just don't do as frivolously or as easily as I maybe wish I could sometimes. I, I wish I was more of a free spirit that way. I agree. Okay, so we're going to talk about the streaming war, and again, doing some research about this because this is this is all over the news. Streaming is where everything is now, or where everything is going. You know, one of the things I noted was that streaming seems to be uh, heating up across all platforms: television, movies, films, gaming, podcasting. Which I I feel like podcasting, like finally, I guess, got its own category. Uh, especially with you know Spotify allowing companies to target ads to podcasters, Disney uh, launching their streaming platform. You know they just acquired 20th Century Fox, and then the gaming industry uh, is looking to the future of gaming, which again is going in the direction of streaming video games. And then Apple is even making changes to their platforms. Uh, you corrected me on this earlier, Jennifer. You were saying that they're dropping iTunes. 
but they're, uh, they're keeping Apple TV, Apple Music, and Apple Podcasts. I'm, I'm thinking that they were going to like consolidate everything, just have like one big or one platform with, and then have different, I guess, uh, silos within the streaming platform that they create. So streaming is, the, the I guess, the wave now. <laughs> and there's a lot there's a lot going on in the in the streaming well not even stream but i guess in entertainment because this that's what it that's what it is all of this is entertainment this is a really big thing at least to me because again to see the direction that everything is going and there seems to be more of an emphasis on streaming and uh with the spotify thing you know i, I was reading an article and one of the things they were saying is that companies being able to target podcasters is going to be a game changer because podcasting or the, the podcast that you listen to t- say more about you as an individual than music does. Mm-hmm. And I, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so just thinking from a business perspective, I love that because of course, one of the things for companies is figuring out how to better target consumers. And if they can narrow it down, this person likes knitting <laughs> or uh, this person likes, I don't know, uh, arts and cr- yeah, hats or hardware, <laughs> cars, like yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Like it, it makes it so much easier. And gosh, I can go on for days about it. I'm just thinking about someone's marketing budget. Someone might save money <laughs> targeting uh, podcasters. So I, it's, it's just, it's just so much. And I think that it, I think it's it's cool, and I also I, I just think that it, we're like in that revolutionary point. Well, you with, seem you sound very excited, Cliff, yeah. <laughs> about all of this. I don't know about the war. I think I, I don't know about these wars. I don't know who's fighting necessarily. I guess I guess everybody's fighting for our attention, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody wants us, which is nice. Yeah, Yeah. you know what? I think, you know, really it's just an answering to how consumers are consuming. We have been spoiled by Netflix for years, right? Mm -hmm. So we, I don't know about you, but do you watch regular TV? Do you sit through commercials? No. I I used to DVR. I haven't used my DVR in probably two years because I just watch everything on Netflix or Hulu or right. Amazon Prime movies, whatever they call that. I, I make my own programming now. I'm not going to let TV networks or radio stations tell me when and what to listen to. And darn right. it, you aren't either, Cliff. We want, <laughs> we want to make our own programming. I mean, yes. we've, we've had the taste of on-demand content and we're never going to let it go. Right. So, so, of course, streaming is, I mean, if you want to be in the game, the content game, you better stream it to us because we're not going to tune in at a time or date of your choosing. Um, exactly. and, we, and not only that, but we like to binge. We like to binge eat and we like to binge watch or listen. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, th- this is just the this is just how we're doing things now. I love it. It's more efficient. But, yeah, so there's this the one thing where I think there's a lot of push and pull is we as consumers are desperately trying to avoid ads and advertisers are desperately trying to put ads in front of us. <laughs> They're so, going to be there one way or another. Well, like, we are we are trying our darndest. The thing is, we don't want we don't want them. We don't want to be no. advertised to. So I think this actually for advertisers that are 
cutting edge and creative and quick on their feet, I think there's a tremendous opportunity for them. You, you see it already. I mean, ads right. are becoming more like mini movies. There's either incorporating storytelling, they're engaging right. our emotions. Like if your ad doesn't make somebody cry, you're not selling your razors. You know, you're not right. selling anything. So we have come to expect more from our, from our advertisers. Right. Like you really need to connect to us. You need to tell us why we, why we, not why we should buy, but why we should care enough to mm -hmm. buy. So this is all great because now we're being entertained by everybody. <laughs> well, Even the advertisers have to entertain us. Yeah, I, I think and the best examples I can think of when because like you said, advertisers have to entertain and they have to figure figure out some way because in even not even just in uh, traditional advertising like commercials or print ads, but you know, finding some way to plug themselves into some production. You know, mm -hmm. the, the my my favorite example are movies with cars you know fast and furious they had the partnership with dodge and then transformers had the partnership with chevy and most recently of uh, the avengers endgame audi they're all over that you know you every car i don't know if anybody ever notices and you know i love audi so i know i know <laughs> tony stark drives an audi all the time <laughs> and that is the it's perfect not accidental way. yeah product uh Product placement. That's what it Product is. Product placement. Yeah. And so that, yeah, I love that. Well, my, one of my favorite examples in the world of podcasting is Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's podcast mm -hmm. has become a tremendously popular podcast because it's entertaining. And mm -hmm. boy, does it advertise Trader Joe's, but in a way that you don't feel advertised to, right? Right. We're, we're learning about the inside shenanigans of Trader Joe's. And, you know, there are a lot of stories that come out of that workplace and of, of that business. And people are are loving it. And, and their ratings are great. And gosh, I don't know how much they invested to produce that podcast, but my gosh, I don't care. It, it, what a return on investment that has been for them. And it's and yeah, they could have put a traditional ad on a gazillion podcast, but instead they chose to produce their own and do something creative with it that resonated mm -hmm. with their customers and probably attracted new customers. So this is, you know, this is what I'm talking about. There are so many opportunities there. They're just, um, advertising is just going to look different. You know, right. it already does, but it's going to continue to evolve. Right. Because, you know, one of the things I think about, too, is I don't mind product placement. But as long as you can tie it into the story somehow, because I'll, I'll say like, a, a dream sponsor of mine would be someone from the Volkswagen group. So either Volkswagen, Audi or Porsche. And, okay. I, and I actually just bought a new uh, Volkswagen Jetta GLI. And oh. I'm just thinking about how I could talk about that car for days. Well, <laughs> you, you should have a podcast for the Volkswagen Jet. I mean, you should have a podcast about your car, Cliff. Come on. Yeah. It's so obvious. Do you want me to hang up now so you can start it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you, you see what I mean? Like, it's because it's because it, usually the best brand stories are personal. Yeah. And they're your not passion, they're about not, your passion. Right, exactly. They're they're not scripted, and that's what draws consumers in. Because at the end of the day, I think that's the closest you get to word of mouth marketing when you talk about advertising. You know, like you know, having consumers come up and actually talk about their experience and and what that meant to them, and having more consumers or clients coming on to and being a part of 
or purchasing from your company and having that same experience, being able to share that same experience, that's what does it for people. Because people want to feel, I feel that people want to be a, feel like they're a part of something now more than ever. And if you're not making me feel a part of whatever it is you're doing, whether that's advertising or whether it be some form of entertainment, I don't want to be a part of it at the end of yeah. the day. And <laughs> that's what it all comes down to. And, you, you know, you made me think about Coca-Cola, big fan of their their marketing work because they, I think it was in 2013 or 2014, they rolled out this plan called the 2020 vision and they had like this video and it was a, it was a content marketing strategy and it publicized their plan. But the way they, they told their plan was in the form of a story. And I'm just like, this is great. And I was sold on it immediately and even wanted to, I, I had projects that I took to Coca-Cola for sponsorship because I'm just like, I know how we can make this fit into your 2020 vision. Like just by, you know, it, it was great. I'll have to share this video uh, with you after recording. And even, even though I think, I think it fell through, but the, the, just the idea of it was just phenomenal. And how oh, I want to yeah, see it. You should put it yeah. in the show notes too. It'll be in the show <laughs> notes folks. I will. I will. But they, uh, the, the way they did that was, was just great. So yeah, I, I, I think overall though, there's a lot to come out of streaming. And, and the reason I call it the streaming wars because it's getting it's getting to a point where it's getting very competitive and we're starting to see who uh, the top dogs are going to be in some of these spaces. Uh, you know, I, I think it got more interesting when Disney acquired 20th Century Fox. And then, and of course, on top of that, they're rolling out their own streaming service. So that's going to be fun to see. And then the I think podcasting, again, as I mentioned earlier in the uh, topic that podcasting, I think finally has gotten its own lane uh, separate from music and that, you know, there's a lot going, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't like to say that there's a dominant player in the podcasting space because, you know, a lot of people, even though they look at Apple podcasts and Spotify, you have to think about the true podcasting platforms like Podbean and you know maybe even like Stitcher. You know some of the other mm-hmm. players, key players in the podcasting space that have a lot of what I like to call clout <laughs> influence in in the uh, podcasting community. So there's a lot of a lot of eyes are on podcasting right now as well. Uh, aside from all the other uh, streaming services related to music, television, film, and then. There's gaming. I'm not a gamer right now. I'm but... not. I've never been a gamer. Last <laughs> last video game I played was called Atari Stampede, oh, and that was like from like the dollar Atari video cartridge bin. And I guarantee no, none of your listeners have played that one. Um, we got some. I know we have some true gamers that listen, and I <laughs> Atari Stampede. I, yeah. Okay, I, I will put five dollars. I will bet you five dollars, Cliff, that none of your listeners have ever played Atari Stampede, <laughs> and I will need them to describe the game to me before I believe that they have. It was absolutely my favorite game, by the way. <laughs> I, loved I loved it. I'm not going to explain it because I don't want to, in case somebody does call in. Or, no, it's all good. Just... But there's uh, uh, the the video game world is getting more, and I don't want to get too deep into it because I know we're going to talk about that in the future um, with some gamers, but the, the just that alone, like becoming just like a almost becoming it went from being a really basic form of entertainment to really being more 
and it's getting better as time goes on from the stories and there's just so much to video games. Like I said, I don't want to get too in the weeds. I mean, I don't think you can with me. Well, the only thing I, my only modern perspective on video games comes from a recent Black Mirror episode that I saw. Have you seen Mm -hmm. the the one with the video game, VR video game? Okay. Well, it just suffices to say these two friends, um, high school, I guess, buddies, college buddies, they play a VR game together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one and he's one guy's in his house, the other guy's in his house. And let's just say it gets a little too real. <laughs> and they end up questioning their sexuality. That's all I'm going to say because I don't want to spoil it. But I was like, if this is where video games are going, I don't know. <laughs> you know I feel like I'm looking into the, f- the very near future and it's quite frightening. Yeah, it's. it's I will say with, with VR and everything, video games are going to going in a very unique direction with everything that's happening. So, yeah. yes, I mean, I mean, <laughs> the video games of my day were so innocent. You know, Centipede, Asteroids, Pac Man, Miss mm-hmm. Pac Man. I mean, you know, the arcades were still thriving in my day. So. It was a good, innocent fun. <laughs> there was no like extreme violence or sexploitation. There, none of true. that. None of that in the the eighties video games. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> All right, so I want to get to asking you some questions. Let the listeners learn a little bit more about you and, you know, some of the things that you do and have going on currently. So my first question to you is, and I know I always want to know this one, like how, how did you get involved with Podbean? Yeah, we have a, a great history now. So I met Podbean because, oh, almost five years ago, I started my first conference about podcasting called DC PodFest. And it was a podcasting or it is a podcasting conference for podcasters. Um, It was my first year and I was seeking sponsors. And at that time, I had my own podcast. I no longer have that podcast, but my very first podcast was still going strong at that time. And I hosted with Podbean. And I reached out to them to see if they'd be willing to sponsor my very humble conference where I didn't know how many people were going to show up or even what I was doing. I don't know what made me, you know, think I could pull off a conference, but I decided I was going to try. And they were my very first paying sponsor. They actually were a cash sponsor. And they supported me and even sent Shannon, our communi- the communications director at the time and our current communications director, they sent her to the conference. And so I got to meet her in person. And um, yeah, that's how our relationship began. They asked, uh, she asked what I did professionally. And I, um, I had and still have a, a social media agency. And she said, oh, hey, you know, Podbean could use some help with our social media. Um, you know, would you be interested in uh, submitting a proposal? And I did. And so for the past several years, I'd worked on um, their social media. Um, I'd also worked on their podcast. And then I eventually moved into helping them with their um, one of their new products that they launched a few years ago, which is their podcast enterprise platform, which is a lot different than the traditional hosting platform because it is built for companies who are podcasting internally. 
So it's very important that the content be privatized because it's just for the company's employees. So it's to to better communicate with the workforce for improved internal communications and also for training. So I was very involved as that product was developing. I eventually became really involved in their on their sales side of things. And so now just recently we sort of it's grown so much the enterprise side that I am now working as an enterprise account executive working solely with enterprise business and um, the social media and even the podcast got moved on to somebody else's plate, which I miss, but it's, yep. it's actually a good thing because I'm able to really focus on this really growing, aggressively growing part of their, their business. And it's so much fun. I love helping these, uh, you know, corporate giants like create a media platform and a media plan within their company you know, podcasting is an intimate medium, uh, not just for public consumption, but it can also translate into the workforce and a really, you know, and, and, and really engage the workforce, which is something that employees, employers struggle with. They struggle with keeping talent. And a lot of times they lose key talent because they're not engaged like they they want to be. It really has less to do with benefits and salary and more to do with with feeling a part of something, you know, and something meaningful. So podcasting is has helped some companies make some strides to better engage their employees. So it's been really exciting to be part of that. So that's my my history with Podbean. <laughs> wow. They're a great company and I love working with them. Great, great. I'm excited. And that's always, it's always great to hear to know that you're, you know, you're excited to be with a company. You know, I've, I've experienced it firsthand as far as being a part of a company that, you know, has a pot internal podcast for internal communications, which, which is a great idea and something uh, very unique. So that's cool that you get to, you know, be a part of that and help, you know, companies, large companies develop, you know, their internal communications and media network and, you know, with podcasting and other things. So I, since you mentioned it, what let the listeners know a little bit more about DC Podfests. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, it's coming up in short order. Uh, DC Podfest this year is happening the evening of November 1st and all day on November 2nd. That's a, a Friday night and a Saturday. And it's in Washington, D.C. This year, our venue is the American Institute for Architects. It's this beautiful mid-century modern building. It's going to be a great space. There's a great courtyard that we can use for some outdoor space. But essentially, we are an intimate conference in the sense that we cap at 200 attendees, and that's by design. Uh, We like for podcasters to connect with each other as well as the experts that we have there so that they can um, have a deeper connection because there's less people to connect with. So you're able to have those in-depth conversations and, um, and make some meaningful relationships while learning from people that you know, our experts in their fields. Uh, We have a theme this year. We try to have a different theme every year. This year, it's different voices, new conversations. So we're trying to, I'm trying to highlight some speakers that might not have been heard in other conferences, but have something 
incredible to share, uh, whether that's their story, their expertise, their experience. We're giving priority to voices from, you know, women and minorities, that sort of thing. So I think it's going to be an exciting year. We always have a great time. We have a Friday night as our networking party event. We have drinks and all sorts of things planned for that. And yep. and then it's a day full of interactive intensives, um, workshops, incredible speakers. Yeah, we it's it's gonna be a good year. We're still putting the programming together, so I don't have a lot to reveal right now. But the, the event has a good reputation. I think uh, we, we always put on a great event and we'll make sure everybody gets their money's worth. Great, great. Thanks I, for I, asking about it. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm definitely always interested to learn about that kind of stuff, especially being a podcaster myself. I'm going to look into that some more myself, obviously. For obvious Please reasons. do. <laughs> com. Tickets are now on sale. Great. Great. You guys heard it first. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what, what other ventures are you involved with? Yeah, I, I tend to, you know, dabble a lot. I shouldn't say dabble. I just, I tend to wear a lot of hats. I, mm-hmm. I like to stay busy. You know, I, I figure I can, I can rest when I'm dead. So I've been there an entrepreneur, yeah, right? <laughs> I've, been, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur, at least since I've night was night since I've was 19. I started my first uh, business when I was 19. And I've had my own business since then. Not the same one. I sold that one after 11 years. But but I love uh, being an entrepreneur. I love starting and running companies. I launched a new company last year, this time with a partner. It's the first time I've, I've had a business partner. And it's been an incredible experience so far. I, I know everyone warns you that, you know, <laughs> it can go terribly wrong. And I and I I've been around long enough to know that that's true. But um, but in this case, it's it's gone very well. And it's uh, the company is called Sparent. And that is a made up word uh, for spare parent. And that's because it's a, a virtual agency that we staff entirely with stay at home moms. And these are stay at home moms that have corporate backgrounds, backgrounds of higher education, even business backgrounds, yet they are taking time out of the full-time traditional workforce to raise their family. Most important job ever. Um, Yet they do have time. It's just, you know, it's just sporadic. It needs to be flexible. It needs to be um, at their home base, right? They can't be leaving the house for any degree of time. Um, yet they, yet, you know, they have these great skills and it's really, we discovered an untapped resource. So that's what we do. We provide virtual services for, um, for small and medium sized businesses. Uh, we have a talent pool that's pretty diverse. Our stay at home moms can do a lot of things and they're also quick learners. So if there's a company specific platform they need to learn, they can get up to speed really quickly. We, we only hire, we hire sort of the cream of the crop. They have to be really efficient, really good. That's sort of important to us. Yeah. So that's, that's Sparent, Sparent.co on the internet. If you happen to need to get your to-do list uh, accomplished this week, we can help you do that. Great. That sounds really cool. That, Thank you. That is a great idea. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. it's It's been a great experience. It was the first business that I put a bell is the first business for both me and my partner. She, she's also a longtime entrepreneur. And typically in the past, I've had a business idea. I've started the business and then I've like 
set up the LLC and I've gotten the accountant like six months later. But this time we really put thought into our branding and we, we got our business uh, infrastructure, you know, set up. We talked to a business attorney. We got our accountants lined up. We did everything, you know, quote unquote, right. Like, you know, and that felt really good because it, it allowed me to take my previous business experience and really put it to use, you know, like learning, you know, the best lessons are the ones you learn from your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so I actually got to to apply that, <laughs> apply right. those lessons, which is, which felt really good. It's yeah. always good. So my last question and one of my, uh, the, the question you asked me, who's your dream podcaster? Oh my gosh. I, I can't believe you asked me the same question I asked you. <laughs> Well, I know people, you know, I, I fangirl over business people uh, more than I do like actors or actresses or musicians or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I have this, a slight obsession with Jack Ma. Do you know who Jack Ma is? I do not. But so, please, <laughs> tell. <laughs> so Jack Ma is the CEO of Alibaba. So I believe he's the richest man in China, or at least he was, and he's one of the richest men in the world. But what makes his story to me so compelling is that he really didn't come into his fortune early in life, and it was he definitely did not have a silver spoon in his mouth. He he failed at things so many times. He and he he's really a self-made man, and he's so humble, and he's funny, and he's he's just such a seems so genuine. But he tells this story, and there's still a video on YouTube that you can find. He'd had a, a series of failures, including, like, not even being able to get hired by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Like, he, he tells a story of showing up to apply, and there was 14 applicants. They hired 13. They didn't hire him. And he applied to Harvard multiple times and got rejected. There's there's all sorts of, of things in his backstory where he's just kind of – anyone else would have been knocked down and might not have gotten up so right so well but he had this idea you know this um for alibaba and um alibaba is kind of like kind of like amazon um you know they oh, sell a bunch of stuff i heard you know? about this guy yeah he's he's coming to us strong he's actually yeah. expanding so it's pretty exciting <laughs> um but so he had this idea for this online marketplace and there's this video on youtube and he's in this very modest like living room in his apartment and he's gathered a, a group of his friends i think there may have been like i don't know like nine of them and they're just like all sitting around the living room and he's standing there and he's sharing his vision and he's asking them to believe in it too and invest. And I think I might have the exact numbers off, but I think he, they all did. Every single one of them invested. And I think it ended up uh, coming to like $60,000, $65,000. And that was his seed money for Alibaba. And he definitely, they definitely got their return. <laughs> Because wow, now so it is, yeah, now it's one of the, you know, the biggest companies in the world. He's, yeah, he's an incredible man. So yeah, he would be my dream podcaster. I would love to, to learn from his business mind and his resilience and just, you know, that ability to just lose time and time again, but still get back up and, and believe that you can win, mm-hmm. I think is an incredible quality. And, and that's so hard, you know, it's so hard to do that when you've been knocked down time and time again, 
to still have vision, you know, for yourself. And I, right. I, w- I would love to hear him talk. I would listen to that all day long. Right. I agree. After this, I'm going to research him more. So <laughs> <laughs> Please thanks do. for that. <laughs> uh, well, you, well I, I would like to answer this one too. The Obamas inked the deal with Spotify. So I'm excited about that. Looking yeah. To see what they have to say. I'm still waiting on Jerry Seinfeld to hop on the bandwagon. <laughs> and, and I'm going to say my last one. He's a B-list actor. Uh, Hill Harper was in CSI Las Vegas, I believe. Okay. And he wrote a book years ago. My uncle gave me this book to read. It was called Letters to a Young Brother. And uh, he basically in a book, he's like writing a letter to this fictional kid teen- and teenager who's going through life and who has like these these uh, struggles that a lot of um, young African-American males experience through life. And he like in, is exchanging letters and offering advice. And, you know, he's, Hill is himself in the book, a movie star, television actor, so, and just basically relating because he didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth. And, you know, it was, it was such a great read. It was, it was such a great read. And I, I oh, loved wow. it. So if, if, I think it would be dope for him to have a podcast because I think he would have some really great things to say. So that's going to be mine. <laughs> You, um, I wonder what would happen if you somehow were able to reach out to him and offered to produce his podcast and mentioned oh, how how, like, <laughs> how meaningful his book was to you. I bet he would respond in some way. Yeah, I, actually, you know what? I might. I'm going to reach out to some people and see if I might can even get him on the same show just to yeah. and, and <laughs> express my gratitude on my podcast and and tell him that I would. I think it'd be dope in the start is all. <laughs> That's full circle for you. Yes, that would be. <laughs> oh man, it. this was so much fun. It's not, it's not like I don't get excited for other guests, but there's just some guests that I get way more excited. No way, than I love than it. Others, and you're one of those guests because you know the the, the great conversation we had on podcasting smarter. Everybody, go check it out as well on pot beans platform you know, go give it a listen so it's a uh, it's a great show uh, different podcasters and learn about the different techniques especially if you're looking to get into podcasting there's so much that you can uh, take away from it so i you know i took some time to listen to some of the other recordings as well so yeah uh do you have any other thing you want to put out there uh to let the listeners know about Geez. Well, thank you for the offer. Um, Well, I would love to connect with your listeners on my social media platforms. You can find me everywhere, uh, everywhere, meaning Facebook, Instagram, (laughs) and Twitter at at Jen Runs Business. That's my handle. You can find me there. I'd love to connect with you. Any friend of Cliff is a friend of mine as far as I'm concerned. Yes. (laughs) And and Cliff, thank you so much. I, you know, I I know you said you were excited, but I, I love coming on podcasts and it's so nice to be invited and I love the the thoughtful approach that you have to your podcast both the production and the future of it I, I wish I wish more podcasters would would put the amount of, of thought forethought and planning as you do because that's really what you need for longevity and success yes. so I, I definitely admire that with you and I've always enjoyed talking to you we've talked business and podcasting and all sorts of things yes. that that yes. are so much yes. fun it's always a great time <laughs> it's always a good time I agree definitely <laughs> well thank you again for coming on. I'm sure this won't be the last time. I always like to extend the invitation for people to come back on the same show. 
so th- yeah, thank you again. I really appreciate it. And again, the feeling is mutual. I enjoy it as always. For everybody else listening, be sure to check her out. This is recorded, so you can always rewind, get your, write it down, go follow her, go check out her businesses. Um, and again, podcasters, definitely take note of uh, DC Podfest and every other uh, resource that's out there. Um, don't hesitate to reach out to Jen either. She's a great resource, been a lot of help to me, especially. And with that being said, this is the same show, the show about nothing and everything. This is episode 33. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for the support. And until next time, we're out. Bye.